continue my series of lessons in First Peter. We're going to begin in chapter three, where we left off. I, whenever I was studying this this portion of First Peter, uh, it gave me a a, a headache because I I realized that that Peter's a lot more Jewish than than what I thought whenever I first started this. So understanding some of these scriptures uh, was kind of challenging, but this lesson helped me dealing with people, and that's probably one of my my biggest uh, problems that I have dealing with the the people who are there in this world, the uh, the people in in Washington. I I was riding with Dad the other day, and when I think he had it on Rush Limbaugh, and anyway, I was I was ready to get out of the pickup after about ten minutes. Uh, but anyway, uh, dealing with people in our everyday lives, the the world. As you know, it is it's not a big fan of Christianity. I mean, it's just not a very popular religion because we have boundaries. We have things that we believe is right and what is wrong, and it's not the same as what the world, how the world sees it. If you have a Bible, uh, I encourage you to follow along these verses. I have them broken up so they'll fit on the PowerPoint easier, and uh, we're going to be looking at more than one uh, slide studying at a time, so if you would like to follow along, I encourage you to do so. We're going to begin in First Peter chapter 3 and verse number 8. It says, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips, that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil, and do good. Let him seek peace, and shew it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are, upon, are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Peter starts this, uh, start this lesson with talking about unity. Compassion for one another, love, and forgiveness. These are part of a Christian's life that we don't only need to show our brothers and sisters in Christ, but we need to show the world that's around about us. Uh, love. I think it's it's something that the world is missing. You know, we don't, you know, some, something bad happens to somebody, and you know, it's just, you know, it's just bad luck, and that and that's the end of it. And we don't. It seems like the world just the world doesn't care. You know, there's people get shot at a at a school at a military base. You know, oh, that wrong place, wrong time, and then that's the end of it. And we go on with our lives. As Christians, we need to show love into the world. To be that example to others. Verse number nine says, Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. We need to be quick to forgive. Peter got a, a good lesson on forgiveness in Matthew chapter 18, verses number 21 and 22. It says, Then came Peter unto him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times, Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. 
Now, I don't want to say that uh, you have to stop at 490, but keep going. Keep forgetting those, forgiving those that sin against you, that, that trespass. That, I don't think there's ever been anybody that sinned against me 490 times. But Christ's teaching to, to Peter is that we need to continue to forgive. Continuing on, verse number 13, it says, And who is he that will harm you? If ye be followers of that which is good. But and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. And be ye not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh, asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you, as evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse you, accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. People, people are either going to like you or they are not as Christians. If they don't, Peter says, don't worry about it. It's not your problem. The world thinks that we are strange. What? Brother, Brother Britt goes to, goes to church every Sunday? Don't, don't give them a reason or give them a reason to, to think that you're strange. You know, you, you know I'm not, I'm not going to say, well, you know, Brother Britt's weird because, well, you know, he's just, he's just weird. That's just all there is to it. No. Brother Britt is weird. He is different because he is a Christian. Give a reason. Give them a reason to, to believe what they believe about you and make that reason be Jesus Christ. He should define us. He should define the way that we are, how we live our lives. And yes, the world is going to think it's strange, but there's nothing to be ashamed of. This uh, verse number 17 says, For it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. You know, it's better that we suffer on earth as Christians than is suffering in hell for worldly ways. I would much rather, you know, I've been, I've been cursed at, I've been spit at for wearing a military uniform at one point in time. I would, I would be happier <laughs> if they would have done it for me as being a Christian because I have a reason. I have more of a reason for being a Christian than I did a soldier. Make your religion, make Christianity your life. And be ready and able to, to give an answer for the way that you are. Why do you go to church every Sunday? 
Why do you partake of communion? Why do you not use musical instruments? Why are you visiting the sick? Why are you taking care of those who are in need? Why aren't you going out with us partying on New Year's? Give them an answer. Give them an answer for you believing the way that you believe, for acting the way that you act. Be the lot in the world. Verse number 18 says, For Christ also have once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedient. When once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure wherein to even baptism doth also now save us, now the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. Rather, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into, into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Peter then offers us hope by reminding us of Christ. He's saying that we are suffering, we're in good company. The company of Christ. Christ suffered for our sins. He was bruised for our transgressions. And he was crucified for us. You know, we, we use Christ as an example. Suffering for the unjust. Peter also brings uh, into remembrance Noah, the preacher of righteousness. Both Noah and Christ preached to the ungodly. Think about, I, I can't imagine the, the predicament that Noah was in. I really can't. I, out of all of the world, Noah and his family were the only ones saved. The scriptures tells us that he preached while he was building that ark. He was trying to save as many souls as he could. I, I'm not, I can't bring into remembrance how many, how many years it took him to build that ark. It was several. And the whole time he was ridiculed by those of the world. We can either suffer here on earth, or we can suffer in hell. Christ made the choice to come to earth and suffer. He was mocked and ridiculed and ultimately, cruci and ultimately crucified and then seated at the right hand of God. Noah made a choice to obey in a time when the rest of the world did not. He was mocked, he was ridiculed, and spared from the destruction of the world. If we make the choice to do the right thing and we are mocked and we are ridiculed, our suffering leads to glory. Christ's suffering led him to the right hand of God. Noah's suffering led to his salvation and his families. In Romans eight seventeen it says, And if, if children, 
then the heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that you suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. We're going to go on to chapter 4 and begin there in verse number 1. It says, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself likewise with the same mind. For, it, for he hath... For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life, of our life may suffer us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. When, the, when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, or in think wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. We need to have the mind of Christ. We need to have a spiritual mindset and not that of a carnal mind. We must crucify the old man. And sometimes that means getting rid of those old friends as well. Those ones that we used to run around with in revelings and banquetings and excessive wine. We don't need to walk in the things of this world, but live as God would have us to. Galatians 5, 24 and 25 says, And they that are crucified have, have crucified the flesh... Let me start over. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. What is your mindset this morning? You were here, so I'm assuming that it's the mind of Christ. If it's not. Make cross your focus. Make heaven your focus. First Peter 4, verse 5 and 6 says, Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. This one's a little bit... This is, this is the headache right here. What, what what kept me up a little bit later than what I'd like to. At about midnight, I finally said, forget it, and I'm done, and I don't want to do this anymore, and I'm calling Brother David right now, and I'm not speaking tomorrow. The quick and the dead. I believe what Peter is saying is the quick being the Jews and the dead being the Gentiles, pertaining to the verses that we read before. Because of the judgment come to the gospel we preached was preached to the Gentiles as well as they as well that they might be judged according in the flesh and have the opportunity to live in the spirit. The whole world was given the gospel. That way we all might be judged righteously. That's what I got from these verses, and we're going to skip on and and keep going because I don't want to try to explain that any further. 
Beginning there, verse number 7 says, But the end of all things is at hand. By, be ye therefore sober and wash into prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover a multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. We need to keep a clear mind and watchful, and be watchful. Stay focused on Christ. Christ died for our sins. But here it says that charity or this love covers a multitude of sins. I don't know anybody who would not like to cover as many sins as they possibly can. There are things that I've done in this life that I would I don't want to stand accountable for. And if I can just keep covering them and keep covering them and keep covering them, maybe nobody will ever see them. That's the way that's the way a lot of times that I feel. It says that charity, charity shall cover a multitude of sins. And we need to have hospitality. I I believe that right now I could I could go to any of y'all's houses and I, I would definitely feel welcome. They say, Matt, you know, Matt, come on in, take your boots off. You're sitting a lazy boy and relax for a little bit. Y'all are very hospitable people. There are many people in this world that are not like that. Very good story that I heard from uh, from Brother Zane. He went to Austin with visited Ram, and he said, "You know, Ram took me into some places in Austin that I I don't feel safe in. I shouldn't have gone into." I was like, I "said Matt, I wish you were there, man. It was it was shady." And then we went into this, I mean, like two blocks away, we went into these houses. I mean, them things were nice. They're like three stories tall, marble everywhere. He said, we had more doors slammed in our face in those, in those nice part of towns than we did in the poor places. He said, those people that had nothing, they accepted us. They opened the door. They let us in. He said, they let us into their house. And I think, I believe the lesson that That, that Brother Zane learned from that, from what he was telling me, is that those that have nothing will almost accept anything. But those that have everything have a hard time accepting anything else. We need to have charity. We need to have be hospitable to those that are around about us. Verse number 10 says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the gospel, as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the, of the ability which God giveth. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We have all been given the gift of the gospel and been taught the gospel plan of salvation. We need to take that gift and we need to share it with as many people as we possibly can. I have friends. I have family. Both of them I love dearly. That are lost. And you do too. 
God cares for every single soul that's here on this earth. And He always has. He cared for it so much that He sent His only Son to be crucified. Jesus Christ came to this earth and He was ridiculed by men. He was spit upon. He was chased out of towns. He was rejected. And still yet, He went to the cross. What amazes me is that I, for some reason here lately, I keep going back to Sodom and Gomorrah. I, I've read different stories about how big these towns were. Millions of people were the biggest numbers I saw. Two angels. Two angels destroyed it, leveled it. They can't, even, they can't find anything left from that town to this day. Our Lord and Savior had command over legions which is about anywhere from three to 5,000 angels at his command. And it only took two to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And still yet, he was crucified for us. I'm going to stop and not go into the, to the elders this morning. In chapter 5, but I hope there's something that I've said that's been beneficial to you. You have to go out into the world and be the light. You have to be that example to others because if it's not you, I don't know anybody else within a 30 mile radius that's going to do it besides the people that are right here in this building. I just don't. It's up to you to save the lost that are here. No, we don't we don't even have a hundred people in this room. And I don't know how many people live within a thirty mile radius of this building right now. I know it's more than a hundred. It's up to you to be the lot. Brother Sean was I think he was traveling with Merle. He said Merle came in he said it was like 4 o'clock in the morning. He said they stayed up until midnight the night before. He said Merle came on. He said he's like, get up. Get dressed. He said there are people out there dying in their sins. He said take action. Get up. Get dressed. We've got to go save souls. It's up to you to save the souls. There's nobody else. Be the light into the world. I believe that's what Peter was trying to get to these these Christians. You know, they they were the only ones there. They were getting rejected by by everybody that was around them. The Romans were persecuting them. The Jews were persecuting them, and still yet he tells them to keep the faith, stay anchored to Christ, and be the light. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.